Okay, what's going on, guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of Energized. Today we have the two main men on the show. Uh, we have Paul Neal from Irish Football Fan TV. He's back, our, aka our, our uh, Merseyside correspondent from the south side. And we have Mr. Dublin and Ross Cowell on the show as well. Welcome back, lads. What's the story? As a form, Basmo. Paulie, I believe you have some good news for Irish football fans. Yeah, well, uh, as, uh, according to uh, Mark McCadden from the Star, uh, League of Ireland is due for a resume date of the 31st of July, which is great news. And uh, I don't know whether fans will be allowed to go in or what's the story there. You know, Varadkar came out recently and said, you know, you can have crowds up to 5,000, which if you're thinking League of Ireland, you know, that's a good sign for, for some clubs. So we'll see how that kind of comes about. But uh, positive news regarding just having football back in the country because there was so much talk of, the league not coming back and stuff like that and you think of players like Jack Byrne and, and Patrick who Michael Duffy these types of players who, who have real quality like I mean Jack Byrne obviously in the in the Ireland squad and so on so for them to go a year without football would be madness so the fact that they're now it's due to be announced I think this week he said it maybe as early as today uh, he came out and tweeted it earlier so good news yeah uh, also that, that's that'd be great to get some games on TV and for people that are still at home and they're like, right, you know what, I'll actually check it out as well. So it could it would boost the ratings. More people it would uh, get more interest in it as well. But uh, also, after last week's show, which I actually really enjoyed, I know Ross didn't really, but Paul, you definitely did. We just agreed in that when Ross went off to the Jacks. But uh, <laughs> uh, Ireland have announced they're coming back as well. Paul, what you have to, do you have anything to tell us about that? Uh, just, you know, uh, we obviously have the, the two Nations League games. Uh, Stephen Kenny's first game, I think, is away to Bulgaria. Then we play Finland at home then in uh, in September. And then yeah. in October, we have the the playoff against Slovakia on the 8th, which obviously would be a huge game. But I think it's it's really good now, the fact that we have the two games to prepare. He's came out and kind of already highlighted the fact that he wants players like James McCarthy and Shane Long back in the squad, which I think is huge. I think himself like because because as well they, they carry that international experience they've played in euros and stuff like that they've played in our bigger games in recent years like james mccarthy every time i think of our kind of joint killings he's been there maybe uh, if, you, if you want to include wales in that joint killing i don't really include it like i thought we could beat them anyway uh make a clean goal i'm referencing but um most other games that we we had James McCarthy in, he's played in the joint killings, and I think he's massive to have there. And I think I I, I was with my uncle yesterday watching the Merseyside there, and he was going on about his stats. I haven't seen the stats, but apparently he had in the twenty two games he has played, his stats are unbelievable for tackles won, uh, and I think tackles made. So, or that's probably the same thing. But anyway, um, he he's such a crucial part, player to have. I think the fact that Kenny's already made uh, made kind of a fuss about him and has already been in contact with him is huge Shane Long as well and obviously I think we'll get into it then uh, later on obviously with the likes of Obafemi Aaron Connolly all had a decent weekend with their club yeah. so um, it's it's looking positive all around now kind of it's it's been a good Monday I suppose when you kind of look back on some of the stuff I think Burnley now are playing tonight against Man City so we'll see some more Irish players in action as well and James Coleman had a had a great weekend as well obviously getting man of the match so yeah, it's all, all positive Ross, what's make of that two games as well for Stephen Kenny before this huge game against Slovakia? Like uh, previously, he was just going to go straight in all, all guns blazing, but now two games. That's great news, isn't it? I think that's absolutely phenomenal news and very, very much needed two games. He's going to obviously implement a different style of football to make McCarthy has. It's probably going to be a bit more free-flowing football. And oh, I'm very excited that Paul mentioned uh, James McCarthy's come back into the team. 
prior to all his injuries and stuff like that, you know, he was linked with 40 or 50 million pound moves to Man United and co. So yeah, in terms of centre defence midfielders, you know, when he's on his game, he's as good as anyone. Um, Shane Long, I mean, he could probably surpass Noel Queen and become Ireland's second top goal scorer of all time if he can get a, you know, a string of games together. So, like, these are exciting things for us as Irish football fans. And again, you know, Sheffield United have had a great season. So, you know, Ender Stevens and um, John Egan, he probably had the worst weekend of all the Irish uh, uh, lads. And then, you know what I mean? If you, if you look at it then, you know, Aaron Connolly, I think, is probably the most exciting young Irish player we have at the moment. Like, put the ball at his feet and he's going to beat someone. Yeah. Uh, also, for people that didn't hear as well, the Champions League and the Europa League are back. Uh, they're coming back in August and it's almost going to be like a mini tournament to, for people that didn't know. So, it's, this is like almost going to be like our Euros for this year, our summer bit of crack. Uh, the Europa League returns on the 5th of August and the Champions League returns on the 7th of August. And then uh, the Europa League final will be on... August 21st, which is a Friday, and the Champions League final will be on August 23rd, which is a Sunday. So make sure, it, you, get, it, make sure you get work off on the 24th as well. <laughs> and, it's, and it's going to be played in World Cup format, but there's only one leg. Yeah, it's, uh, that's going to be really exciting. Paul, what do you make of that? Uh, yeah, well, like, you know, you mentioned there that, you know, it's going to be like a Euros. We obviously missed out on the Euros. We have three, we've had three months without football, so we're kind of over the worst of it now in terms of, you know, the break of football. It's just going to be football, football, football. I'd be interested to see when the actual season itself stops and restarts, like when they're going to actually start back with the with the Premier League and the Champions League qualification for next season and stuff like that with all this kind of... Um, all kind of accumulating on top of each other, so I'm I'm excited for. It. Obviously, it's the best teams are there. Liverpool are out of it now because uh, Atletico knocked them out, so that's uh, obviously good. There's no fear of them <laughs> winning it now, so that's good. Um, yeah, I'm really really excited. I I uh, I haven't really been keeping an eye on it as much this year. I don't know why. I just uh, I've been so busy. But now the fact that it's going to be there and we'll be able to you know see it with no other real distractions because I think the Premier League will be done by then. Yeah. By then, sorry, and all the other leagues will be done. So, yeah, it's, it's something really to look forward to. Uh, even the Europa League. I like the Europa League. Maybe it's because Everton were in it in the past, about a few seasons ago, and I always kind of like watching the games. I think they can be eventful. Some games, you're kind of looking, and it's, it's, it's a really good team against a really bad team, and it's just kind of a, a, a no-match. But you can get some games that, were, that are really good, and obviously, at this point in the tournament, you're kind of getting to the better rounds. So, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Yeah, sure. When they come back in, it's going to be the last 16 in both competitions. So, the creme de la creme will really be there. Mm. And the, the, one be- leg, the one leg does make it interesting though, Barry, doesn't it? It really means like, you know, anyone can win. Any dog can have their day on a say. Atalanta could win the Champions League this year. They're, they're really good. There we go. Like, that, that's actually a, a very funny point. Uh, yeah, and we will be doing a weekly show in the build-up to that as well because uh, this is some crack. But, uh, lads, the Premier League is back. Um, it, it, brilliant to see. Uh, I, like I, I want to touch on the very, very, very first game um, because last week we talked about what we expect to happen. Uh, obviously, the players came out and had Black Lives Matter on their backs and uh, everyone took a knee beforehand. The only person that didn't was actually Sadio Mane when he legged it when the, <laughs> the referee blew the whistle. If people haven't seen that, check it out. It's hilarious. But, uh, lads, it came, it came back. Like Everyone seems united. Like It, it was a great thing to see. Hopefully this goes on for ages, and like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind if this happened forever, to be honest, because like if that keeps happening, this will actually, this will turn into something bigger. But um, I, I only want to touch on it now. Hawkeye, 
Sheffield United has scored against Aston Villa. Hawkeye wasn't tested beforehand. Keeper brings the ball into the net and it wasn't given as a goal. Uh, how could this happen, Paul? No idea. Like you see from the replays, now he's actually behind the goal. Like and yeah. his own player bundles him in. It's not like Egan was pushing him in. You know, John John Egan was standing behind that that defender. Um, and you can clearly see he went behind the line. Like even from normal play, and you're watching it, you're like, that's that's a that's a goal. It has to be a goal. Like he's yeah. he's he's in the net. He actually touches. I'm pretty sure he touches the net with his hands. Yeah, he wraps up while he has the ball. Yeah. So I'm just like, how could everyone else can see it? You know, why if, if VAR is there, why isn't it used properly? And like, it's a clear and obvious error. So why isn't it called into action there and given a go? Like that, like because you think of it, the race for Europe's like now at the minute, and Sheffield United are right amongst it, and yeah. mm. they're screwed out of a, a result for them. I know it's good for Villa because you know it's, it's it's a point closer to to staying up for them, um, but like. I just felt so sorry. Maybe it's, uh, well, obviously we have that Irish bias, you know, with Sheffield, you know, we want to see them do well. Maybe not you lads because you're United and you want to stay ahead of them. But, you know, <laughs> in, in a general sense, you want to stay ahead of them because, or say, you want to see our Irish lads play at the highest level possible. So for them to get into Europe would be brilliant, whether it's Europa League, Champions League or whatever. But they've been screwed out of a result there that could be massive for them come the end of the season. You know, they obviously uh, will come to it, you know, the result against Newcastle. You know, that's two really bad uh, games for them now. That's you know they they really have to bounce back to seven games to play, um, and they have to kind of get good results from them. But when they're getting screwed over, like with the Hawkeye, um, I, I, if I was a Sheffield United fan, I'd be fuming. I'd be questioning the VAR and just be like, why? Why is it even there if it's not going to be put to good use? Exactly, Ross. I have to ask you this question as well. Uh, that was happened just before half time, and then. When they went to the halftime, obviously everyone knew it was a goal. Like, come on, the refs are going to be told mm. it's this, that, and the other. Previously, in the championship, Aston Villa played against Leeds, and then Aston Villa scored a goal against the against Leeds when Leeds had a player down, and then they, oh no, Leeds scored against Aston Villa when they had a player down, and then Bielsa allowed Aston Villa to run through and score a goal to make a one on. There was pandemonium over this. How come Villa didn't? Because everyone was watching this game. How come Villa didn't go? Do you know what? Maybe we should have just let them score at halftime. Yeah, I mean, you can't, be well, like, think... you can't be like, no, no, no. And then when it's your turn to put the... While everyone is watching, everyone is talking about this. How come they didn't just let them score a goal? Because it would have been fair. Well, I think it, I think it was more different that... They would then be losing. As opposed to, I think in the Villa case, I think uh, Villa leads, I think it made it a draw. If that makes sense. You're actually like letting yourself be losing, and also this could have come very. They would. They should have been losing. Yeah, but they weren't. But they should. So like, yeah, but they they were going to concede losing. It's different when you're winning and like, oh, it should be a draw. But when when you're fighting relegation and you're like (laughs) very very full of the table, and this could be very prevalent. Like, what happens if Aston Villa uh, escape relegation this year on goal difference to someone like West Ham and West Ham go down? West Ham are going to be like they should have lost to Sheffield United at that time and VAR screwed us all over uh, Paul I don't know if you saw the tweet that went a bit viral but it definitely did in the Irish community uh, Declan Rice uh, yeah. put it, did you see that that was, that was top I just, of the rage I actually, I actually have him blocked off our Instagram our, our Twitter sorry because 
Uh, I just hate seeing them pop up, but I did see the obviously the, the screenshot did the rounds. Like, yeah, well, top of the rounds for anyone who didn't see it. Yeah, what did the tweet say for people who didn't see it, Ross? Uh, basically, Declan Rice was like, Is that not what far is, is for? I'm oh, sorry, Paul. Uh, do you want to do you, you go you go ahead? You're our Irish correspondent, so you give us the lowdown. No, he said, Roy said, as you said, he said something like, uh, Is that not what VIR is supposed to be used yeah. for? Or something, and some fella said something like, uh, you know yourself, Declan. It's uh, some some days you're English, some days you're Irish. You know yourself. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes and, it's uh, in, sometimes it's out. Sometimes you're English, yeah. sometimes you're Irish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, 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 like just because, well, obviously I've no horse in the race really, bar a few, a few some of the Irish lads playing for Sheffield United. But uh, just because so many people were watching, they were the first game. They all took to knee. Everything about Black Lives Matter, like the world was watching. I'm surprised that they did like some. They didn't agree on it. On, on something half time, but that's the way that's way it happens. And when uh, when you're in a dogfight, you're not giving away anything for free. But uh, lads, like I just wanted to go over that because we're going to get into the really good stuff. Arsenal, obviously, running them up this weekend. Came back. There was I was watching their Arsenal fan TV channel. They're like looking how they're going to get into the top four. But uh, after getting a hiding off Man City, I, I, I'm going to give every team a one game. Like like as in like get the cobwebs off you. You know what I mean you can't judge everyone by the first game. Like if they play that bad, you know. But then uh, in the second game, they were uh, they were they were worse. The team selection by Arteta wasn't great at all. The subs were even weirder when they were got looking for a goal. They didn't bring Martinelli on. It was the player of the month in January. They didn't bring Ozil on, who's making three hundred fifty grand a week, uh, and he wasn't even in the squad in the first game. Uh, then they go and lose. And then if, of all people, it was Mopoy. And by the way, I was watching. I was I was watching the game, and then on, the, on like on another tab, I had uh, Arsenal Fan TV's live stream of their uh, all five of the lads watching the game. So it was brilliant. And then uh, if uh, people didn't know, DT left the screen before everyone realised it was uh, it was two one and it was Mopey. You can't write this stuff. That's why I love football. But lads, what what, what do you make of Arsenal? And, like and because um, Ross last week you said Arsenal actually have a really good squad. But uh, 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 now let's see what Paul thinks this week. Uh, well, I just they're becoming a parody, aren't they? I mean, you know, they bring on David Luiz. Give away two goals, he gets sent <laughs> off. Uh, you know, calamities. Uh, it couldn't have went any worse for him. Um, and then you kind of look around. If he goes out of the team, who have they got at the moment? I don't know whether it's injuries or, or Arteta not playing them. You know, all the confusion. Even Arteta's interview afterward, uh, after that game, I thought it was a bit bizarre the way he made. He came out and he was talking about David Luiz, and he kind of wouldn't answer whether he was going to give him a new contract or not. And then it was just kind of like, well, why are you even talking about him then? And then Louise came out himself and was like, oh, well, maybe I should have you know, thought about my future more by the three months I had off. I was just like, it was just such a weird yeah. interview. I didn't get it at all. And it was just kind of all that confusion. I think Arteta, like, like Ancelotti, I think I said last week, they're going to need time with the squad and obviously bring in his own players before you can kind of ultimately judge him. Good managers will make good players play as well, though. So I, I don't know. The jury's not uh, out for Arteta for me. Um, he's never, re- he's not proven. Like I, Ancelotti's proven, he's gone places and won things. But I think Arteta, the jury's still out on him. And uh, but uh, as well as that, I'd let him sign his own players first before I'm gonna give him any real judgment. But Arsenal, as a as a club and everything else, and with the Arsenal fan TV stuff like that, people are more interested in seeing who's going to land this week than they are actually the, the football, do you know what I mean? And I know a lot of Arsenal fans, I kind of feel sorry for them because I've known them supporting Arsenal up yeah. through the years. Um, 
but but then again, they had the glory years then with with Henri and stuff like that. Like as an Everton fan, I've never experienced anything like it. So in many ways, I was jealous, but at the same time, I was happy to see Arsenal doing well. Same with any of my mates who followed. You know, I was happy to see United doing well because just by just by the Liverpool fans, your Liverpool mates. Yeah, of course. But uh, you know, like <laughs> that's not that's that's natural. Like yeah. most of my mates would like to see Everton do well for me. Like so, it's kind of a mutual thing, you know. But that's the thing about Arsenal. It's like. Everton and Arsenal are kind of competing now for a spot that's not even important, like top 10 probably. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, Ross, parody. Ross, what's making uh, Arteta? Like, uh, when it, like, obviously, he's uh, one of the disciples of Pep, and the Arsenal fans were ecstatic when they got him. And uh, some of his decisions are really, really strange. Yeah, I do think tactically he's very, very strange decisions, and I do think player selection is very, very strange. Um, look, Arsenal are in big, big trouble at the moment. Uh, me, me and Barry were actually like uh, having a chat yesterday. Uh, we went for a coffee, and I was looking at that Arsenal squad. And if you take the back four of the midfield, like none of the top six would take one of their players. You know what I mean? Uh, they're all below par. Um, they seem to be a bit all over the place. You know what I mean? Bellerin doesn't seem to offer you know as an attacking wing back anymore. He seems to be so much safer I don't even know who Arsenal centre halves are at when, the moment when's he going to start planting his trees Ross uh, when, when they when they win a game so maybe <laughs> you'll have to start playing a few reserve games to get the job <laughs> done Here, uh, uh, for people that don't know explain that uh, tree situation Ross uh, so Hector Bellerin said he's going to plant 3,000 trees for every game Arsenal win for the rest of the year so so far he's planted zero and that is nil nil zilch amount of trees so he might have to start doing it for every goal Arsenal score or something like that to uh, get a few trees planted. Yeah, DT, um, DT tweeted out two hours ago. He goes, Arsenal need a major overhaul if they're ever going to compete, be competitive mm-hmm. again. For years, we've been adding plasters to huge cracks. It's time to start again. For me, get rid of Bellerin, Socrates, Chambers, Cedric, Luiz, Mustafi, Kolasinic, Ceballos, Ozil, Lacazette, Mkhitaryan and El Nene. As fans, we also need to start by lowering our expectations of the players we buy. Even I'm guilty of being lured by big names and how they'll fix everything. Look at Wolves, for example. Good players that have now become big names and top drawer players, it can be done. Um, well, I'm, actually, I'm actually surprised that they still have Mkhitaryan and El Nene. I didn't yeah, realise they were still there. I was thinking there myself. I was just like, is he still there? Yeah. <laughs> Lads, Arsenal had some amazing years. Like, obviously, United did as well. Um... I, I really, really cannot see Arsenal picking up again unless they stick with Arteta now and let him blood in these new players. Like, for instance, like mm-hmm. Ozil's out of contract next year. So is Aubameyang. And their biggest pro- like one of their biggest prospects, Saka, is out of contract next year as well. Uh, it's almost like United a couple of years ago when we were buying in these mercenaries like De Maria's and Falcao's into the team. And uh, look what's after happening now with Solskjaer creating his own team and getting rid of the, the, the likes of Rojo's and Sanchez's. Uh, I, th- I think it is possible for Arsenal to fix things, but they need to, d- to almost take that method. But uh, mm. to get back to the glory years, there's so many teams above them now. It's actually frightening. As Paul said, as an Everton fan, they're almost fighting for a position that, like, it's it for the top 10, you know, which is just uh, pure mediocrity. Yeah, but if you, look at it, if you look at it, like, those majority of Everton players would walk into that Arsenal team. Happily, um, you know what I mean? I don't know. They really would. Well, like, Lucas Digney would, Seamus Coleman would. Michael Keane would. No. Michael Keane wouldn't. Michael Keane's awful. He had a good game yesterday, but he's awful. 
Yeah, but like, he, well, he's gonna he's gonna be on the bench. Yeah, he said Yerry Mina. Yerry Mina. Yeah, Yerry Mina starts as well. Um, in fairness, Leno Pickford, same as he's really. Leno's better. Leno's better. Well, I'm just saying both good goalkeepers. Uh, and then like midfield, like Sigurdsson will start. Um, he doesn't even start for da- Ross. Uh, yeah, but Tom da- Tom da- Tom Davies will start. What's up with your headman? Um, that Arsenal. I'm saying there's a backbone there in the Everton side. There's not a backbone in the Arsenal side. If you spoke to any Everton fan, they'd tell you. We'll come to it later, Rob. But there is no backbone there. That's the, that's the problem. Ancelotti needs to fix. Yeah, I was actually looking at Everton's team, and I was like, "What's the story with this? With the new guys starting, Tom Davies starting midfield as well. Uh, you've like a, a, an abundance of players can't even get into the team. Like, uh, who, sorry, Schneiderlin's meant to be leaving now. It's uh, and Walcott. Good riddance. It's a. Uh, it's actually. It, yeah, everything are probably on the same boat as Arsenal now, actually needing to get these uh, new, young, hungry lads getting these huge, getting the huge wage players off the off the books. But uh, overall, like Arsenal, <laughs> like I, I think it's because like our, like as we've grown up as United fans, Ross, and then it's always been us against Arsenal trying to beat them, and then we're like they're slagging us, we're slagging them, and then seeing that going on, it's just like it's 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 it could boil us in the ass. But one week it's comedy, next next week who knows they could win. The thing about the keeper is, though, like they're really gonna miss Leno now um, from that injury he got. And obviously, I, I, I don't know if you want to touch on it, but the, you know, the whole thing with Mopoy, Obviously, he's total villain towards Arsenal fans yeah. at the moment. But I thought what he did, like most people would have done anyway. He went yeah. to challenge for the ball. He put the keeper a little bit off balance. Um, it was unfortunate what happened. But mm. I don't think he meant to actually, you know, injure his knee or anything like that. You know, it's a natural kind of mm. coming together. I think he kind of shoved in a little bit, but I didn't think it was yeah. as bad as uh, you know the ass of players were all going up to him, acting the hard man and stuff like that. Like, but it was just, yeah. just gone. In only, fairness, I think I think if you never saw the incident and heard what happened, you'd swear Mopoy like did a bleeding WWE drop kick on him, uh, yeah. you know, from the halfway line. But like, you actually see he sort of momentum sort of barrels him through into him, and like Mopoy's not even very big as well. You know what I mean? It's not like it was you know Lukaku running him over. Yeah, it only, yeah, he wasn't it, happy going off though, was he? Uh, like he was pointing no. at his face, called him everything. Well, obviously couldn't hear what he called him. But then, you know, obviously, uh, Barry, you're probably going to touch on it, but like obviously the result then, he, he kind of goes in last minute and gets the winner. Yeah. It, like that that only really happened because Leno was so close to the, to the line of going out and like handballing it. To, like, so he, that's what he tried to stay in. If that had stayed, if that had been like in the middle of the box, it would have been grand, you know. That's uh, that yeah, I think good. that's the thing, though, as well. Is um, you know, as a Premier League player, and Brighton are fighting like that was the first game they've won mm. this year, so they're fighting for every little edge and every little you know advantage that they could get. So to get the keeper sent off or anything, you know, you could see why he done it. Like, I, mm. I, I don't think he's it like entirely in the wrong there. Like, if anyone's in the wrong, it's obviously him, but I could, I would have done what he did. Yeah, it, that, yeah. If if Obama Yang ran into Matthew Ryan down the other end, people would have been like, "That is fine." Yeah, you know what I mean. So it, it was it was a strange one, but like, geez, uh, the absolute calamity for Lewis Dunskull scrambling the box, and then Mopoy to rub salt in the wounds, but that goal was something else. As Barry says, you can't ride that stuff. Lovely assist by uh, Aaron Connolly as well. Mm. Uh, the way he spun it in and outside the foot was lovely and obviously it was a great finish then. Well, I actually think he starved them, you know that? I just think as a left winger, he's, he's brilliant. Well, he, kept, he, was, he was down the middle. 
No, I'm saying in terms of in general, in general, I think he's playing left wing because because he, he he comes in and he attacks. Yeah, I think I think watching him the other day, he looked very very uh, rusty coming off. The, like he bar- the only thing mm. he did right was the assist. And if you're a Brighton fan, you won't be complaining because obviously it's mm. a, the winner. But he w- didn't look good at all. He looked a good bit off the pace, which is natural. He's only back from injury, and obviously it's the first game back, so it'd be like a preseason friendly from. Been excited to see kind of. Three, three or four games in what he does because um, obviously it's such an important time for Brighton and they're going to need players uh, playing obviously with the five subs he, I'd expect him to get a lot of game time Shane Duffy obviously didn't play at all but he was more so um, getting Mopo in a headlock and keeping him away from Guendouzi at the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah at least he knows he has a career after when he retires as a bouncer but uh, yeah like Arsenal have some really really tough games I was looking at the fixtures and uh, I, I think they have like is it nine games left and out of the nine, no, sorry, they have eight games left, and now they get eight. I think I almost expect them to. They, I expect them to only win two max, which is going to be interesting to see. But uh, also, they're they're like uh, Southampton. Then obviously, uh, like destroyed Norwich, and then uh, one of the biggest, most anticipated games of the weekend, obviously, was Manchester United taking on Spurs. Uh, going into it, I thought they were going to win, and then on the day of, I was like, you know what? I think it's actually going to be a draw. Uh, Paul, I'd like to get your opinion on this. Obviously, the first half wasn't great, but then uh, when Paul Pogba came on, what what you make of this now? I actually fell asleep in the first half, so I woke up. Hell, man, it was too exciting for you, was it? I woke up from the for the first goal, the screams of the commentators, Gary Neville or Martin Todd, one or the other. Um, uh, so yeah, I woke up to the goal. Well, yeah, second half when Pogba came on. Uh, I thought the game really, yeah, well, obviously the 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 tide shifted in United's favour and. You know his quality has never really been doubted. It's 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 the consistency, and everybody said it. All the pundits said it. Um, I think that main highlight of the game was Roy Keane's halftime analysis. Yeah, that's what we're definitely <laughs> um, getting into. Yeah, but um, after that, like even he went on about you know Pogba saying he's absolutely excellent, but this consistency, consistency, consistency. He just doesn't have it for United anyway. He had it at Juventus, whether it's. I don't know, the manager doesn't motivate him or he can't get himself cheated up for a game sometimes because when he comes on and he plays, he's effective. And I've seen Gary Neville arguing his case against Carragher last week saying, like, how could you not have him in a, uh, I think it was a United-Liverpool combined team or something like yeah. that on the Sky Sports show. Um, but like you see, like even the defeat from him to get to win the penalty, surprised he didn't take the penalty. But uh, yeah, I, I, I thought, you know, I thought you know we were going to go on to win it then, but unfortunately for you guys, um, they didn't. But, yeah, yeah, it was it was, it was good, just good. To, it was a good game, but you could see. And I thought when, when Fernandez went down, I thought they were because they had given a penalty originally, and Mourinho was fuming. Um, so I thought actually United were going to win it. They definitely finished a stronger team. Uh, Spurs just again they they just don't strike me any confidence at all about them. They just they just kind of dither along. Yeah, they, are, they seem to be going a bit through the motions after that goal. But, like, obviously, that was only the first game back with Ross. Pogba's back. Um, I, I presume you fully expect him to start alongside Bruno Fernandes against Sheffield United now during the week. But uh, what do sort of, you make of his impact now? And what do you, what, what do you sort of expect him going on to for the rest of the season? Well, the thing is, with the game, I was left wanting more. I never wanted that game to end. Manchester United were looking so good come the end of the game. Uh the some of the between Bruno and Pogba, and then uh, Bruno played this incredible fastball on the ground into Marshall in the middle of the box. Marshall turned, couldn't get the finish, but 
I was just looking at it and being like, that Manchester United team looks terrifying. People are not going to want to have to play against that attack. Uh, as for Spurs, I thought, you know, they scored their goal, very Mourinho West down, set back down and, you know, let United come on to them. United obviously got the breakthrough. I thought one thing that was very interesting was, is, as Paul said, Pogba got taken down, then Bruno hit the penalty. But then, when it went to VAR for the second penalty, Rashford had the ball in his hand after Bruno got taken down. So, that's one thing I'm not too keen on. Just like, revolving penalty taker uh, scenario at Manchester United. Like, just pick one fella and be like, he's the fella who's going to score every time we have a penalty. And that's it. Yeah, What's your take on that? That's the thing. That's the thing about if you get two penalties in the game, and the, the, if, if the same penalty taker is going to take it again, it's even more of a mind game. So, so you know, what I mean, it's like, oh, when I hit the same, like, it, 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 like it's almost you can psych yourself out rather than having a fresh person on, because then the keeper's like, all right, it's someone different. Oh, no way, you know. But uh, like, yeah, yeah, as you said there, like, I want more. I'm really excited to see what happens on Wednesday. Sheffield United just this break does not seem to have helped them at all. Uh, They're going to be like, without Egan now as well. Yeah, but did, like after seeing the way they defended, then once Egan was sent off, uh, sorry, Stephen wasn't Stephen that was sent off. Egan. No, John Egan. Egan. Egan was sent off. Stephen's made a howler for the. That first was goal. that's exactly what I was like. If he went to kick the ball, missed, it went through his legs, and, and then they scored, which was uh, like that was a calamity in itself. Also, Henderson won't be in goal against United as well, so that's going to be interesting. But like oh, the the big most talked about thing over the weekend, Barry Premier League coming back, and Mane pulling a runner was uh, Roy Keane being box office, lads. Watching this was unbelievable. Now, I saw it at the end of the game, uh, and then I saw the whole clip of him, Roy Keane, obviously after taking a chill pill at the end of the game, he was way more relaxed. Uh, but what do we have to say about this? Obviously, he went on an absolute mad one, said that he would uh, give the gay and Maguire a slap. Uh, he tell him to, to get a taxi home from the game. And uh, Paul, when you saw this, like, what's making this? Roy Keane, hilarious box office stuff. Please don't ever leave. I was watching it live and I was—I can't believe this fella's actually saying it. Uh, he's obviously really, you know, he must have been so cooped up at home and had this built-up rage that he was just dying to get it out. You know, even Ever was looking at him going like, Roy, you're being completely harsh. He's like, I'm not. Like, he should have saved it. I'd be swinging digs at him. Uh, Harry Maguire, well, he basically said he was useless, like, to a degree. Um, you know, saying that the two of them should get a taxi home for, uh, to to Manchester and stuff like that. And ever ever must have said something to him, um, because he was kind of arguing a bit with ever. And then actually at the end, ever goes, "Well, look, if any of the Man United players need a lift back up to Manchester, he gives him a lift." And he just came and went to uh, Roy. He says, "Roy, I hope you don't mind." And he's oh, very good. <laughs> he just kind of gave that yeah. little keen smirk. But I, I thought it was I thought it was funny. But if he's looking. Like he's supposed to be looking for a managerial job, and he's saying stuff like that. I mean, he's an idiot for that sense. No one's going to want to hire him now uh, after hearing that type of stuff, uh, grabbing people and boxed out. You just in today's game, the way the players are, they're so muddy coddle that you, you could be saying something. Imagine like a young guy coming through and they hear that he's coming along, and, and if you don't play well, from John Walters came out previously and spoken about you know how ruthless he can be in a dressing room. John Walters actually said he he enjoyed. Keane's you know it was kind of like old school way of going on but it's it's too old school I don't think he can change and another thing about him is I don't he sets his standards so high for everybody else even now obviously uh, with with the uh, De Gea like calling him the most overrated keeper and stuff like that like De Gea hasn't been 
the De Gea of old, I suppose, in the last two seasons, I'd say he's about to agree with me on that. Yeah, but definitely. he's still he's like he's not bad. It was a bad it was he should have probably saved it. But I mean, the amount of times he's saved United over the years as well in his defence. Yeah, uh, Paul, to be honest, look, looking at how, how we kind of wrote it there as well, I don't think he's going to get another Premier League job anyway. Like, I'd never uh, get a Premier League job. No, but then, yeah, but, then, yeah, but then he's going to drive himself into, a quicker, in a, into the grave quicker if he takes a championship team as well. So like, I, I think Roy Keane, doing the TV stuff just suits him. But uh, any other person that had had that like, absolute explosion on TV there, Oh, bear in mind, Roy Keane was way more passionate because it was Man U. Now, if it was someone else, it wouldn't have been the same. But people like if Gary Neville had done that, uh, Jamie Carragher, or Sunes or something like, they probably would have got the boot off TV. Yeah, probably. But the thing is, that's what Keane's there for. He he gets the views, the clicks, everything. You know, uh, I I I took the clip and put it up on our Instagram the other day, and it just went took off like wildfire. Like it's just getting shared around like mental. Um, he he is box office, you know. If you put up anything online, I remember I remember speaking to someone before when we did my Holland interview a few years ago, and they were like, "Did he mention Roy Keane?" I was like, "Yeah, a little bit." He goes, "Well, put it up." Once you put Roy Keane into YouTube, like it's insane how much people just watch the stuff that he puts up still to this day. Yeah. He is a huge like. I I don't I don't think people realize as much till stuff like that happens how big of a name he is globally like everybody thinks either he's crazy he's funny or he's right and there's just like people with, or, or else there's the people that don't like him obviously for Saipan or call him an idiot or attention seeker there's those sort of what's that four different types of people I think but they all watch it yeah. so if you like him or hate him they'll still watch him and that's the thing with Kane he's, he's, he's my mate isn't he they love him I hate him yeah Ross what, what, you, what you make of this and um like obviously the lads that are on Sky Sports, like the Carragers, the Nevilles, the Sunnises, all have like a great careers and have won so many medals that you couldn't even count them all. But like, what what is it about Roy Keane that it's like he almost is allowed to do what he wants? Well, first of all, I thought it was surprising that there was two United fellas on it, and there was like no Jamie Redknapp or anything like that. I thought that oh, was Jamie Redknapp. Jamie Redknapp Red Red has left. Oh, he left. What? Yeah, Jamie Redknapp left. I was listening to a podcast today. Gary Neville. He was talking about how Jamie Redknapp left. He's doing a show with his dad. All right. Oh, he's left Sky Sports altogether. He was uh, he was on the telly over the weekend. Gary Neville just said it there on the his Sunday show. Maybe he's not doing like uh, what what was that Friday night football? Maybe he's not doing like that, but maybe the weekend stuff he's doing. Yeah, oh, he, I'm pretty sure I seen him on the weekend standing there with a, like a microphone talking to someone. Did you? Pretty pretty sure it was him. Or uh, maybe I'm wrong. Well, either way, yeah, either way, go on. Uh, but you had like you know the most like negative person of all time. And then, you know, he's the most positive person of all time. Like, it was the ultimate chalk and cheese. And you can sort of tell Roy Keane, like, definitely doesn't like ever. He's like, that fella making those stupid Instagram videos over there. You know what I mean? Like, you can just tell he doesn't like him. And then... I didn't see that. I didn't see that at all. No, I, 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 I can see it in him. Like, he, he's, he's just like... The eyes don't know Patrice. Yeah, come on now, Patrice. You know what I mean? Also, like the fact that Roy Keane hasn't had a haircut in a while made him look even a bit more rugged as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was like, I was like, I was like, geez, what's going on with that barna? Uh, and then I was just, it was just comic genius. I think he gets his point across in an outrageous manner. Um, I was actually only watching today. Uh, someone showing Jermaine Genas a video of Eamon Dunphy 
doing his uh, punditry on RTE and it was absolutely gas. And it must just be an Irish thing. Like, you know I mean? Roy Keane calls it as he sees it. Wasn't an absolute blunder by De Gea. Absolutely. But, like, Roy Keane played most of his career at Peter Schmeichel, one of the best goalkeepers of all time. And it was very far and few between that uh, Peter Schmeichel made an error like that. And Roy Keane and Peter Schmeichel didn't even get on. Yeah. Do you know what the funny thing is? You just touched on it there. That Roy Keane to, like, the English football is what, like, Eamon Dunphy was to, the, to like, um, what we had here in Ireland to watch as well. Because, like, he, he, they're getting that, like, explosion of Roy Keane over on on Sky Sports, and they're like, Jesus, we weren't expecting that. Whereas, like, remember Eamon Dunphy would have that on when... For, like, Ronaldo's a cut. All that yeah. stuff. And that, I actually miss that so much. You know what I mean? You get, like, there's so many talking points, and you're just like, Jesus Christ, what a legend. Like, you just it, got... It was just, it was just so not the norm, and you love it. It's, oh, it's so entertaining. It's great that... Or do you should have kept Dunphy until he went into the grave. He has Just for like a podcast now and he has his rants oh, on that, but you oh, can't see oh, him. Great podcast. Yeah. Great oh, podcast. It's, a, it's a brilliant podcast, but like, yeah. it's not the same on RTE. Like, I'm like, oh, I want to I wanna see him and like him effing and blowing him. Like, aiming, we're live. It's like, no, we're not. It's like, we are. It's like, oh, ah, shite. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's definitely something that RTE have missed out on now and not having Eamon Dunphy there. Obviously, Rod Little as well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, stop. The Rod Little quote. Oh, is that I'll a- tell you who wrote it. I remember his okay. name. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, but like overall, that's Roy Keane box office. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, uh, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't go, right, Roy, what are you doing tomorrow? Yeah. Here, you know he, he should have a podcast. I swear to God, he should have a podcast. I'd, I'd listen all to him, man. It'd be hilarious. Uh, by the way, if you're enjoying the show, make sure to hit like, uh, make sure to subscribe and definitely uh, subscribe to Paul's channel at, at the very, very end as well. Uh, lads, well, like, okay, so that wrapped up a Friday night. That was some crack, I tell you that. Uh, then, like, the next day, obviously, uh, Watford, they drew one out with Leicester. Ben Chilwell with a great goal. And then uh, Dawson scored a boys, but first ever goal for Watford. And then, uh, obviously, Arsenal lost to Brighton. And then uh, <laughs> West Ham lost 2-0 to Wolves. Wolves. Wolves are such a well-oiled machine. Uh, the second goal was brilliant. I think it was Neto. Like, he yeah. got a perfect cross from Matt Hardy. Jesus. The uh, fellow thought he was Robin Van Persie. The way he chipped it was just the perfect loft, the perfect cross, and the perfect connection in the goal. Nearly, like, nearly took the, the roof off the net, literally. But uh, Traore, lads, some tricks he can do are brilliant. And uh, I know you know they're linked to Sancho, but if they don't get Sancho, Traore. Tra- Traore is the man to get this, this transfer window. Uh, Paul, what do you make of Traore? I think teams would be doing well to get him for cheap. Um, How much do you think he costs? I'd say you're looking 70 mil plus. I'm not even being funny. I think, I think that's what he he would go for now. Um, two seasons ago, he didn't laugh at me even more for saying that. But he, um, Santo has really looked, you, you know, coaching-wise, he's made him look amazing. Especially the back end of last season, kind of after January last year, coming into this season now. Um, he's really been good and he's starting to come on now and be a game changer you know he was starting games previously scoring uh, making assists or whatever and just the size of, like I, I read something that he doesn't even work out like he's just naturally a tank. I don't believe that now because yeah, he's just yeah. he is you know oh, someone, someone told me about that he doesn't lift free weights but he does the machine weights so he just says he doesn't lift weights oh okay alright well I, I, I would, I'm not a gym goer that much so I wouldn't know <laughs> what those are but like football ability, he always had, 
But it was, he was just so frustrating. He was like Aiden Nagini for so long. And, he does uh, move like that. He actually, he actually moves the ball like Aiden Nagini. He's like, so like in that type of style of player where he would get the ball, you know he can beat players, but he never had the end product. And he never, he, he'd take on that extra man that he didn't need to take on. So just beating his man and whipping the ball in like he did for the first goal. It was a great ball for Jimenez. Um, and and it, look, if he keeps doing that, I think Wolves could actually push for the Champions League. I know it, I said last week that they'd struggle to catch United, but if they can continue on like like they did uh, the other night against West Ham, like the, the thing is, is that he came off the bench. Like it wasn't like he was starting. Mm. So they have strength in numbers there and quality. Is he almost, Paul, is he almost more dangerous to be able to come off the bench? You know, the other team's third and he's by far the fastest player on the pitch. Yeah. Like, and strongest. Yeah, I'd say so because you know you, you've been playing against this fella, whoever I can't, I don't know who came off from. Um, maybe Jota or something, was it? Someone like that, maybe. Um, but so Denmark and that winger, whoever it is, um, who would play in front of Doherty, and then you know whoever the, the fullback was, Cresswell, say, um, mm. would, would be marking him the whole game, and then he's going off, and then next minute you see this fella fresh coming off the bench. You know he's going to roast you, and you're just like, oh no. Well, I know from playing from a fullback, but I never played at that level. But, you know, when you see another fella going on, you know he's good, you know he's quick, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, and, and the fitness as well would be a massive thing as well because, um, you know, the first game back or whatever. Mm. So he's, think, he's seeing Traor, and he's just like, oh, my God. He's probably looking at him going, like, this is like Ronaldo coming at me. At that time in the game, like. Mm. Uh, but, but to be fair to Traor, right, you know, and, and the coach, um, if turned him into a really good player, that everyone kind of knew that, like that, he had that ability at Villa and Middlesbrough because he was at Barcelona. He came through La Masia, um, so you know everyone knew he had the ability. But it, again, it was the frustrating part of his game where he would just take on that extra man. But he seems to, he, he just seems to be doing the right thing all the time, and he has his head up and he's he's getting lots of assists. I think he was getting lots of goals before that as well. And even in the Europa League, like the teams hated playing against him too. Yeah, they're still in that. Ross, um, if Traore leaves, Paul thinks it'll be about 70 million, which actually Wolves don't need to sell him. Who do, who, who do you think he goes to? I think he might go back to the homeland, back to Barcelona. Uh, I think it's very much a possibility, especially if they're uh, offloading Usman Dembele. Um, he's a very unique talent that is very hard to replicate. I think that's probably the best way to describe him. I remember seeing him play for Middlesbrough against United and he made an absolute show United's defence twice but I knew he couldn't shoot so it was fine so he got he actually went one-on-one with the goalkeeper United I can't remember who it was at the time and missed both times but his end product is seriously improving so why not he's a Spanish international uh, goes back to Spain and plays for Barcelona again yeah if I was Liverpool I'd try and get him as well I think I think with San or with Leroy Sané going to Bayern, I think uh, Man City might try and get him. Pep That's be not familiar. a bad show. That's really not a bad show there as well, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the Pep connection as well. Uh, also, uh, the game after that, Bournemouth lost to Crystal Palace. Bournemouth seems to be just sliding and sliding. And um, one of their best players last year, Fraser, he's not playing now for the rest of the season because he's now going to free. And they're like, right, if you're not with us, you're against us. Uh, then when Sunday rolled around. Newcastle, we discussed this earlier, won 3-0 against Sheffield United. That is an absolutely brilliant result for Newcastle. When, when I was looking at Newcastle's team as well, I was like, you know what? They actually have some good players. It's just a, the problem most of the time they have is they are, they're all looking to move on to a different team. 
But like, I mean, someone like Shelby, like he was at Liverpool, he can put out some good balls. Like, let's call a spade a spade. Uh, I know who's who's the striker. Rollington. Um, yeah, like he got his first goal. It was so funny how he got it, but there was no fans to celebrate with, you know. But uh, Newcastle, I mean, I rate your man Maximilian. I think he's actually very, very good. Like he looks to always be beat, beating someone, and he looks very creative. Yeah, I think he does lack a bit end product, but like Newcastle, this is actually a good season for Newcastle, especially after they got rid of Benitez and fair play to Steve Bruce. He's done, he's done like way better than people expected. Uh, then Villa go into the second game. They went one 0 up against Chelsea, and then Chelsea came back with two goals. Uh, Pulisic changed the game, but. Uh, but this, this was fully expected, lads, wasn't it? Like going into the game, Chelsea a Chelsea win was something that everyone expected. Paul? Yeah, um, I was surprised if Villa took the lead. Exactly. And from, the, like, sorry, Chelsea were dominating the whole game. I couldn't believe they let in the goal. Yeah, but at that point, I was just kind of like, like, what's going on? We spoke last week about how Chelsea's kind of inconsistencies come into place, and I thought, this could be a game that they lose. Uh, at half time, that's what I was thinking. Um, but then they like they just show their quality, uh, what they have, and they, they can bring off players off the bench that you know would get into most other teams in and around the league, you know. So, yeah. um, but that's what happens if you've got that mega money. Where I thought Villa were, were lucky, but you know, Villa are they don't look convincing they should have been beaten by Sheffield United, they, they were going to be beaten by Chelsea. I think everyone, every one of us would agree on that, and then. If they've got to, they've got to really pull the socks up for the next few games, or they'll be gone. Um, yeah. Whereas Chelsea, you know, it was a convincing win, which is what they mm-hmm. kind of needed. You know, that'll give them a boost now for the rest of the season. Yeah. So, I, I, as I would say, if you take Jack Grealish out, that Aston Villa team is a buying a championship off them. Yeah, it also seems like Aston Villa need to score in like the 85th minute to hold out. You know, I mean, the earlier they score, the more they're in trouble. It was almost like Ireland a few years ago, but. Uh, yeah, but Paul just touched on something there, and uh, we didn't even bring it up. Uh, the five substitutions, like that, that, that has been so important to some teams, doesn't it, Ross? Mm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but also, I think that definitely favours the better teams, you know, the teams with the bigger squads. Uh, as you saw, uh, it looks like someone forgot to tell Carlo Ancelotti about the five substitutions against Liverpool. Uh, he brought Moise Keane on in the 92nd minute, uh, which I think would... Uh, Break my heart if someone told told me I was coming on in the ninety second minute. Uh, it's one of those things where you know Man United definitely benefited from it. They were able to bring on five people. Arsenal didn't benefit, but I'm sure they were grateful for it when they were playing Man City, where they were you know after twenty five minutes they'd already used two substitutions. It's definitely going to show you know sort of more managers' hands and who are the better managers when they had the opportunity to impact the game earlier. You know what I mean something that you never would have seen really beforehand or it would be very rare. It might be a substitution after half an hour. But it could be more prevalent now if you have five subs. Yeah. Is this also going to happen just for the end of this season? And also, these water breaks as well, I'm not a big fan either. Uh, Paul, do you know when? I don't know anything about uh, the subs after after this season carrying on, but the water breaks, yeah, it kills the momentum of the game. It does, it doesn't it? They have, yeah, to, I think, they have to bring that away. They have to bring that away. I think they will. I think it's just because it's the middle of the summer. Um, I think that's the only reason why they have it in. Uh, that's the only reason I can think of, anyway. Um, yeah. Even though well, it's not English, even hot. Yeah, I think it was raining in one of the games as well. It was actually raining in the, the Manchester Man City game. I remember it was lashing rain. But, uh, yeah, I yeah. actually hate the water breaks. I'm like, yeah. the coronavirus should not signal more water breaks. That was nothing to do with that. Yeah, I actually said if they're retired, they should drink the rain. <laughs> and then, uh, 
Then, uh, obviously, the game that wrapped up the weekend, it could have been Liverpool being crowned as champions if all the results had went their way. When they all, uh, Seamus Coleman, obviously, with a man of match performance, Paul, I know you're, uh, you're a big fan of Seamus, but uh, what do you have to say of that game overall? Like, were you, ha- were you happy with what Carlo Ancelotti implemented? And uh, how big of a loss was not having Salah and like, Robertson in the team? Because uh, if you look at Liverpool's squad, once they, like, if their next five subs, not really impressive. Yeah, I mean, looking around, I was actually, when I seen the lineup, I was a bit shocked. Um, you know, Gordon starting, Tom Davis sat in the midfield as well, Wobie. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't totally convinced. Uh, but when I, when I seen the game play out the way it did, obviously Liverpool were going to dominate possession anyway, with or without, you know, Robertson or Salah. Um, they definitely didn't have as much bounce in them as they normally would. They weren't as, you know, as electric, but that's probably due to the first game back and so on but um, I think you know, Everton much more depleted than Liverpool in terms of the squad and people were saying oh Liverpool like you know Delph wasn't there there was Yerry Mina wasn't there we were big players for Everton um, you know our midfield's terrible anyway um, other than Gomez there's not a player in there that anyone strikes you with confidence you look at our bench we had two goalkeepers on the bench because we had that deplete at the minute um, with injuries so uh, Walcott wasn't there either um, but I actually prefer Walcott because you know what he'll give you rather than Iwobi Iwobi just gives the ball away all the time now after about 20 minutes I thought he played well he put in a good shift but as, a, as an overall performance um, I thought it was a tactical masterclass from Ancelotti you know he, he had a game plan he had the players that he wanted to stick to it um, you know he always plays Coleman against the bigger teams for for his defensive qualities. This is why I don't understand when all these Irish fans are saying, oh, Coleman's finished because he's, you know, anytime we have a big result against a bigger team, Coleman's always starting right back. Um, and he kept Mane, he's probably the best attacker in the league at the moment um, at bay. And he's done that for a few seasons when we've played against him as well. Um, never really gets the credit he deserves because Everton now can go out and buy players and, you know, all these star names are there. But he's the one person who actually has the true values of the club. You know, he carries himself well. He's a true uh, role model and professional. 100%. 100%. Same thing with Ireland. But, uh, like, Richardson and Dominic Cavalloon, they put in a shift up top, like, as, as we knew they would. Um, but everybody, I thought, worked hard. And um, I don't really remember Liverpool having any major chances of note. Um, I remember Luca Dean got booked for silly, silly. Like the ref, I don't know how he's given that as a yellow card and a free kick. Wins the ball. Um, they could have scored from that. But even Pickford was good in goal. I'm normally quite critical of, of Pickford. I thought everybody on the Everton team played well defensively and probably could have won it towards the end with Tom Davis's strike off the post when we were really coming into it. But you hear it so many times. Oh, you'll never have a better chance to win a Merseyside there. The last two seasons or three seasons. And we just haven't been able to put the ball in the net. And that's been the biggest issues. And that's why I'm excited to see what Carlo will bring in now with the transfer market and stuff like that. See who we get in and, you know, see his ideas. Because he hasn't signed a player. I think uh, no. I think he signed some young lad. He was on the bench yesterday. But yeah, but he hasn't started a star. No, no. So it'll be interesting mm. to see who he brings in. And um, I think it's exciting for Everton to have a manager of his calibre. We spoke off air how he's going to attract players. So I do think it's exciting times for Everton, but it will come down to financial fair play as well. We'll have to sell someone to bring in some big names yeah. due to financial fair play. But it will be interesting to see that what way that uh, transpires with financial fair play because of the coronavirus and what way, because we'll have to spend in the means as, as other teams have. And um, 
yeah, I think I think it's exciting for Everton. But you know, great result. I would have taken a draw before the game yesterday. Um, Liverpool are disappointed that they didn't win the game. But I mean, I don't really care about them. Yeah, uh, Ross. After the game, Jimmy Carragher spoke about how once Liverpool have one of their starting front three of Mane's Salah or Firmino out, they're just not the same outfit, and how they have to invest in a front three player. Uh, what's your what's your thoughts on this as a biased Manchester United fan, and uh, who do you think would fit in? Um, I think it was more so because Salah was out made a massive difference. Because if you actually look at it, they've actually favoured Everton so much more because Firmino. And Minimo both looked like they wanted to come to the ball, and Everton were happy to let them come to the ball and then deal with them. Then, as opposed to Salah and Mane running behind, and with their pace, they become obviously a lot more, uh, you know, terrifying in behind. So, I thought Everton actually coped very, very well with it, and I thought they made it very, very difficult for Liverpool. Yeah, I do think, um, sorry, uh, Carragher's right, and Liverpool do need more firepower up top. But the only problem is that it's going to be very hard for someone to go there and know that their starting spot is the bench. Yeah, I think especially that's Shakiri. Someone... Yeah, like yeah, exactly with Shakiri, and then even Origi just is definitely not up. Definitely, I know he's like a their sole charm, but uh, he's he's not going to take any one of their places. But I think that was one of the main reasons why Werner didn't go as well. He's like, here, look, I'm now on my next stage. I want to be starting, not sitting on the bench here. But uh, mm. who, who comes to mind, uh, Paul? Give me one name that you think would be a good player to go there. And then uh, Ross, I'll ask you. For, for Liverpool as yeah. a front three player? Yeah. Traore off Wolves might be, but I wouldn't like to see him go there. I think that would be scary. Um, I think he would be, but uh, a realistic target. Um, oh. I like a man off Leverkusen. Diaby. Have you seen him? Yeah. Yeah, I have yeah. I think yeah, he's. he's a t- I think he's the type of player Klopp would get, and obviously playing mm. in the German league as a realistic mm. player. Um, I haven't heard any links or anything like that, but I watched him for Leverkusen, and he looks like a good attacker. Ross, what yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give you two. Uh, I'm going to go with someone else on Leverkusen. Leon Bailey. He looks very very good. Also, um, I think some. I actually think there's a bit of a personality clash there between him and the Leverkusen management. But someone who I think is actually free this summer, who could definitely tie them over for a year, is Dries Mertens from Napoli. Because he can play anywhere across that front three. And I think he's out of contract, so they could definitely deal with signing him up for a year. I heard he's. Uh, I heard when he broke the record he was going to sign a new deal, so I think he might be signing a new deal. I'm not sure now, but they said mm-hmm. it on the commentary. Maybe that's maybe uh, Carlo Ancelotti, uh, Ancelotti could give him a phone call and ask him, does he want to come play on the blue side of Merseyside? Asked does he want to come to Liverpool when he gets there and show him the Everton jersey? <laughs> I wouldn't say no to that, but he, he, see, he, scored, he scored a goal there recently uh, and he became the Napoli's top scorer. And they were saying that after that, he's likely to sign a new contract. I don't know if he has or he hasn't. Mm. But um, other than that, yeah, he would be he would be out of contract. But uh, as far as Everton and, and, and kind of up top, I think Calvert-Lewin's improved so much from, from what he was. Like you said to me mm. a year and a half ago, that Calvert-Lewin would be our main, sco- uh, main striker scoring goals. I know he didn't score yesterday, but he's just such a handful and, and he's, he's really gone up in levels. And I'm excited to see what Ancelotti can do. We can obviously see some of the fruits of what Ancelotti's been doing with him. He's been keeping him more central because he usually used to go wandering the channels to try and run for balls. Um, and then obviously with Richarlison, Richarlison's a, a top-level player, but the problem is, He's, he's at the moment he's trying to carry games with a scruff of the neck by himself yeah. and he's, he's gotten a bit too frustrated 
uh, like as you, you would have seen yesterday. Like he should have squared a ball to a wall at one stage and we'd be sitting here talking about an Everton win. But he was trying to make himself be the hero. Um, so I think Ancelotti has a bit of a job in his hands in terms of getting rid of Deadwood. I, I think we touched on it earlier. But like Tom Davis, I was really surprised he even started the game because normally he gets so wound up in these derbies that he just plays awful. And he actually looked surprisingly calm yesterday. I don't know whether that was without the crowd. Um, Anthony Gordon, he was okay in flashes, but I thought it was a it was a it was a crazy game to bring him in for. But it just shows that Ancelotti is a big fan of his because he's only really started kind of getting a look in since Ancelotti came along. So he's been obviously working with him. Um, and so then that was actually the first time I've seen him as well. Yeah, we, we like as Everton fans, we wouldn't have seen too much of him either. Like he's come off the bench a few times, but never really uh, done anything of note. I think like we play Norwich next, and I think that'll be more of a game where he can kind of maybe show us his quality. Um, and then because you're looking around the team, Bernard and Sigurdsson were on the bench. Sigurdsson did well when he came <laughs> on. Really didn't think he would. Um, what are you laughing for? No, like we're we're having like, like I mean. No, it's like uh, we were just going over everything the whole time. Well, it's just, no, I'm just saying about Sigurdsson <laughs> that he basically... No, it's great. I know you love what we do it all the time with Man U. We got, go but Sigurdsson coming off the bench, he actually done well for us. And I think he actually helped us kind of towards the end of the game. Uh, get get Well, we should have won the game. But is he your most, uh, most paid player? Highest paid player? I think Bernard is. How is he? Okay. But he came in a free. He, he, actually, he actually looked all right when he came on, Bernard. He is, I think he is alright. He's tricky. He's quite small. He's a bit lightweight, though. Yeah. I think that's his issue. I like him, um, but I was sitting there with uh, I was watching it with my cousin and my uncle in their house, and um, you know they they really don't like Bernard. I don't know why they they call him a flake. I'm just like I, I don't see you know what what he does worse than anybody else. But he he just be in for like three games, and then you won't see him for another three games. So he's one of those. He's kind of weird. Hmm. You should probably play him on the wing, maybe, and like. Behind Cavaloon up front, and then a, a bank of three, and then maybe put him left or right or in the middle. Swap. He usually around. plays off the left, and he drifts into a number ten position as like since Ancelotti's came in. But Ancelotti's like tweaked so many little things. But again, it'll all kind of come down to who Ancelotti brings in next season. I, I, mm. I just want to get this season over and done with. See who he brings in, and then that's that's more what I'm looking forward to. Right, Paul. Before we go into uh, next week's features, give us two players you want to see at Everton next year. Oh, it's hard to pick one that realistic. We need a we need a centre mid. Um, he's not really going to take us to the next level, but I'd like to get him in for a couple of seasons. Decore off Watford, just 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 realistic ones. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. be you know saying that we're going to get a destroyer. Uh, and Rabio from uh, from Juve is he at Juve yeah. now or PSG? Yeah, um, it's at Juve. Yeah, we're linked with him strongly, so I'd, I'd probably get them in um, and maybe one more strike. I know that's three, but that's two players off the top head I could give you. Jesus, what's called Bernard? If they, it would be, uh, do you remember when uh, Peter Stringer used to stand in between Malcolm O'Kelly and Paul O'Connell and National Anthem? That's what that would be like with Rabio and Decore in midfield. He is tiny. Like, I don't even know what height he is, yeah. but he's yeah, tiny. He is, he is very small, isn't he? Uh, yeah, well, then I, t- I think Liverpool realistically are going to try and get Traore. But if you're buying a player for 70 million, you can't leave him on the bench. You know, that's the biggest problem. But um, 70 million is cheap these days, though, Barry. Oh no, but like having a 70 million player on the bench and they're well, actually, do you know what? money as, as it is. Sorry, uh, you know with the coronavirus, the prices actually might go down rather than up. You never know. Yeah, but, yeah, but that also means player, the, like, the likes of uh, Wolves are going to be in Europe next year as well won't need to sell. You know what I mean? Do you know what's probably going to happen? If Villa get relegated, everyone's going to be like, here, look, go for Jack Grealish because he can play in multiple positions. 
You can play in the top left, top right, in midfield, like as a number eight. You probably want to go somewhere where he's guaranteed games, though, you know? Yeah, well, still. Top team, he wouldn't, you know. I could see him going to Liverpool and be the next Adam Lahana. Yeah, he would be. Uh, yeah. yeah, it would be. Uh, but where you see Jack Rillis, like uh, before before we go into next week's fixtures, Jack Rillis, lad, what, what does it make him? Because uh, Tim Sherwood said after that, United should probably got try and try and try and go and get him. But I don't even know where he, his best position is or where you'd start him. Uh, Paul, I'll ask you first. Where is Jack Rillis' best position and in what formation? I I don't rate uh, Jack Rillis that highly as everybody else does. Um, I think that's a real English media hype train at the minute. With him, um, I mean, I said it to you last week. If he was that good, Villa wouldn't be where they are. Um, yeah, but one man doesn't really make a team, you know. I know, but still, you know, he should be creating and scoring goals um, more often than not. If he's a top mm. top player, um, other players have done it. Um, I'm not solely saying that he's responsible for Villa being where they are as well. By the way, I'm just saying yeah. I just don't think he's as as amazing as people are saying he is. Um, as I said, I don't think he I don't think he'd walk into anyone. Um, of the traditional top six. I don't think he'd walk in. He might get into an Arsenal squad, but other than that, um, you know, I wouldn't see him getting in a game at Spurs. I wouldn't see him getting a game at United, uh, Chelsea, uh, no way. Um, you know, he's on probably the same level as Ross Barkley, kind of, uh, maybe just a little bit below it. And he struggles to get into the Chelsea team. He's probably best as a number 10 or out left, but, um, I just, I just really don't think he's as good as everybody makes him out to be. Ross, what are your thoughts? I actually think Paul sort of touched on it there and it sort of sparked away to me. I think like maybe Arsenal should get go from because he actually has a bit of fighting, which is something that Arsenal don't have. So then, what sort of position and what formation? Because I, I, I really can't pin him down to a spot. Being like, I, I, I would say, I would say, if you sort of play a four-two-three-one. He could play in the number ten role, or he could play a wide left, like Paul said, depending on depending on uh, what other personality have in there. Yeah, it's just because he's more of a like he, he played almost like a, a like a free bird almost. Whereas like as you go up and Ronaldinho, well, uh, well, like put, put it this way, he as the team Paul, Paul Paul hating that probably, hating that comparison. Probably Joe Cole, like that's what sort of just yeah. free role. But like as you get into the bigger and better teams, they have more. They're more structured and more set in their ways, mm. and people go up together and defend together. And like I don't know, yeah, I haven't seen him be tested in that sort of that. Like his football knowledge is, hasn't really been put in that role. Maybe if once he gets and starts playing for England and it, he's in a more structured system, mm. you can see how he actually works. But um, at the moment now, it's just like they try and give it to him as much as they can, and he sort of does his own thing. And the stuff does work out. But look at the way someone like Charlie Adam who. Uh, being the main man for Blackpool all them years ago, and then you guys moved to Liverpool and did nothing. So, like, I mean, it could be a big man in the small, small big pond. fish, big, big fish, fish. In small pond. Yeah. And What's then, your take on him, Barry? What, what, what do you think is his best position, and who do you think you should sign for? See, see, the way he plays on the left, I think it is good for him, but I, 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 I couldn't see it working out for United, and like, like also United need a right hand side player, but um. He, his main thing is to cut in and sort of shoot or cross the ball in and that sort of dynamic almost like uh, Ashley Young-esque but like no but uh, Ashley, Ashley Young was it, it's no 
he, he, but he is a very polarizing person. And whoever he goes to, he's going to sell thousands and thousands of jerseys as well. You know, because uh, even Mason Mount is now the face of Nivea for Chelsea. But um, I, d- I don't know. He, he'd almost need to be the, the player in the, the number 10 role. And then people almost have to work. The team needs to be built around Jack Grealish. That's really it. And I don't see any of the really top, t- top four, top six teams doing it. Bar someone like Arsenal, as Paul said. Or did Paul say? Oh, no, Ross said Arsenal. I think Arsenal, if Arsenal are going to build a team, they need to start from scratch. Why not get Jack Grealish? And that's actually a good point, Ross. I think you said that, did you? Or the Paul said Yeah. Yeah, we've all touched on it, but Ross yeah. made a point. Of yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's a good show for a top six team, even though Arsenal are coming uh, tenth or something. But uh, if you're going mm. to build a t- team around someone, that he'd be a great option for them because if they get relegated, Arsenal are like right, that's someone we should build a team around because. They well, well, they really get behind the kind of young English players. You look at Wiltshire was there. Like if he wasn't injured, everybody at Arsenal loved him when he was there, you know, and everyone wanted to see him do well. Fortunately, he just kept getting injured, and he eventually got let go. But and that's the everybody. Thing. Yeah, Jack Grealish, because his background in Ga and stuff, he's uh, he's solid as an ox, and um, he doesn't seem to get injured much. He's always there. Mm. But, uh, yeah, got dropped yeah. by that fan, though, didn't he? I, I yeah. think that was, that was a bit of a dive, wasn't it? Lads, <laughs> 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 uh, this is great crack, as always. Um, before we get into the premier, Premiership results, uh, predictions round next. Last week, now, we, we all did give our predictions for today's game, which is Man City versus Burnley. Uh, I said 2-0. Ross said 3-1 and Paul said 3-0. Now, do you want to stick with them or uh, we just put them down and move on to everything else? I'm happy to, I'm happy to stick. Uh, I know, just stick, stick with what I said. You know what I mean? You yeah. don't want to go back on your words, you know? Grand, yeah. we'll stick it out. Uh, last week, after all of us, after we predicted the, the results, I actually kept the, uh, I wrote everything down, so I kept the, and I was texting the lads, letting them know what the story was. But, um, so make sure whoever's listening right now, make sure you, let us know who, what you think. So people are probably walking down the road listening to this being like, oh, I think that'll be 2-0 or 3-1 or 6-0. But uh, I actually got two results right. Ross got one. And Paul got one. So the uncrowned king is myself. I said that Man City beat Arsenal 2. Uh, oh, sorry. I said Wolves would be West Ham 2-0. And I said that Chelsea would be Villa 2-1. Ross said it would be a draw. Villa versus Sheffield United. Um, Paul got 2-1 for Brighton against Arsenal. You know what I mean? There we go. But uh, right. we are. Paul, oh, you would have made the most amount of money. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was the, one, the one result I was most surprised about. Yeah. Uh, well, I well, actually we, forgot that I, I picked that. Yeah, well, we would have got, like, score, like, like winners of games. We, we would have all done way better. But uh, actual physically guessing the scores is another thing. But um, this weekend, there is FA Cup on as well. So I'm going to just go day by day, the fixtures and guess the results. What? Yeah, there's FA Cup on this week as well. So, just right, football so, feast. Oh, man, it's, it's great, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, so for people right now, if you are enjoying the show, make sure to like, hit a comment, and uh, make sure to subscribe. Paul, let us know your, your information while I'm just sorting this out, and um, then I'll get into the results. Uh, Which just, information? Just uh, your crack, man. What do you mean? Where to find you? Where to find you? Oh, uh, on Facebook and Instagram, at uh, Irish Football Fan TV, and Twitter is uh, at Irish Fan TV. And uh, if you're on YouTube as well, we have a YouTube channel there where all our videos tend to go before they go anywhere else. Uh, so, yeah, check them out. Yeah. Ross, do you want to say anything about your Tinder account or anything for people to swipe on? Yeah, it hasn't been active for the last two and a half years, <laughs> but uh, surprised the missus still uh, stays with me. But you look, you know what, right? One of us puts down the, uh, young Theo every night, right? And uh, Jade put down Theo last night. 
And then she normally texts me being like, right, he's asleep. And then I go up because if the two of us are there, he, uh, he, he doesn't sleep because he, he finds it more entertaining. She put him asleep and then she fell asleep. And I was still downstairs for half an hour by myself being like, is he asleep yet? Is he asleep yet? Late in half twelve by the time. And then uh, we have like a camera in the room to like see him on his sleep. Turn on the camera and there she is fast asleep. I was like, can't believe she left me like that. On Father's Day of all days. That's outrageous, out cold. Man. That's outrageous, man. I'm going to clip that up itself and put it out. Right, here we go. Leicester City versus Brighton. Uh, I think, obviously, because I got two right last week, I'll, just be, I'll go first and then we take it from there, right? It's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah. you were cheating last week. Yeah, I'll go Leicester 2-1. Okay, Ross? I'm going to say Leicester 2-0. Oh. I'm going to go Brighton 2-1 again. Okay, there you go, yeah. Uh, On the Brighton. Okay, Spurs versus West Ham. Ross? I'm going to say one all. Paul? 2 nil Spurs. I'll go one nil Spurs. Okay. Manu versus Sheffield United. Paul? Uh, United win. Egan's out of that one, isn't he? Uh, 2 nil uh, Manchester United. I'm going to say 3-1 three, three, Manchester United. I'll go 2 nil as well. Uh, Newcastle versus Aston Villa. Ross? Newcastle, Aston Villa. Newcastle 2-1. Yeah, I'm going uh, go, to say the same. Uh, yeah, Newcastle win that. I'll go the same as well. <laughs> uh, okay, Ross, you, go, you may as well go again. Norwich versus Everton. Uh, Paul sitting there. Everton 2-0. I'd say this, I actually would say the same. I think uh, Cavaloon and Richardson probably to score. Okay, I'll go 0-1 for Everton. Uh, Wolves versus Bournemouth. I'll go 2-0. Ross? I'm going to say... 3 0. Ross, 3 0. Paul? Um, I'll say 2 1. A late bomb, I 2 1 to Wolves, sorry. Oh, 2 1 to Wolves, okay. Okay. Then uh, Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. Uh, uh, 3 0 pool. Ross, 3 0. Paul? Um, I'm going to say 2 1 to Liverpool. 2 1 Liverpool. With oh, uh, Palace taking the lead. That's actually a good show. I'll go I'll go but I'll go I'll go two now. Okay, then on Thursday, uh Burnley versus Watford. Uh Paul. Uh oh, hard to judge Burnley without watching them. Um I'll say uh two one to Watford. Two one to Watford. I'm gonna say a two all draw. Two all draw. I'll go nil all. Uh shout out Roy Brady four years since he scored a header against Italy. Paul, where are you for that? In in a bar in Thailand. <laughs> nice uh, Then uh, Ross where were you? I think we were both in the stream Are we? No I actually watched that at home Because of a loser oh. uh, Southampton ah. Southampton versus Arsenal Ross oh. <laughs> uh, 1-0 Southampton Oh my god Paul Southampton have a uh, A good record Against Arsenal So I'm going to go for a 2-1 yeah. two, two, uh, Southampton win I'm actually going to go for that as well Arsenal Danny Ings Danny Ings is actually Oh, you know Danny Ings Danny Ings has the most goals in open play this season in the Premier League Danny Ings Class. is cool. uh, then a big game Chelsea versus Man City City winning that yeah I'd say 2-0 oh, City um, I'm going to say 2-1 I can see both teams scoring I'll, I'll go 2-0 as well I said 2-1 yeah yeah I have that written down sorry but uh, I'll go 2-0 oh. City you, yeah, sorry, oh, you, oh, you said 2-1 City yeah yeah yeah, okay. Uh, then Saturday, Aston Villa versus Wolves. Paul? Wolves are winning that. 
2 0. I'm going to say one all for that game. Okay, then I'll get Villa have to Villa have to find a muster a result somewhere. That's <laughs> no. a derby as well. No, yeah, I'm going two 0 Wolves. Uh, then FA Cup is back on Saturday. Norwich versus Man U. Oh. Paul, Man United are winning that. Um, Very biased, man. What scores? Three uh, 0 to uh, United. I'm going to say two one just because I think United might play like a shitter team. I'll go Possibly, two. Yeah. I'll go two nil for United. Uh, Watford for Southampton this in the league on Sunday. Uh, I like Watford to win one nil. Paul, I'd probably go the same. They're in a relegation battle. They mm. need to win. I'll go one one. Uh, then FA Cup. There's three FA Cup games then on Sunday. Sheffield United versus Arsenal. Paul, Paul. Oh. Um, I'd go one nil Sheffield. Okay, Ross. I'm, I'm going to say two one Sheffield United. Big John Egan will be back for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go. Destroyer. Oh, does it go with extra time if you say a draw? Um, I think so. Yeah, no replays. Wouldn't say. Yeah, it would have to be. It wouldn't have extra time and penalties. The five subs would be interesting. Oh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just make it easier and say 2-1 Sheffield United. Right? Uh, Leicester City versus Chelsea. I'll go... Oh, that's a good game. I'll go 1-1. Yeah, but that's about uh, that third versus fourth. Yeah, it's FA Cup though. Yeah. Um, fancy Leicester for that one. 2-1. Two, one. Two, one. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say Chelsea 2-1 just because I think their squad is better. Okay, then uh, the last quarterfinal FA Cup game, Newcastle versus Man City. Uh, Man City reserves 2, Newcastle nil. Yeah, I got the same as Ross. 2-0. Two, 2-0. Nil. Two, nil. Two, nil. Uh, I'll go... One you know, Man City. Then uh, this time next week, Crystal Palace versus Burnley in the league. I'll go okay, one nil Crystal Palace. Ross, don't to go. Uh, two one Palace. Two one Palace. Two nil Palace. Two nil Palace. Uh, the team not to play yet, aren't they? Yeah, but they have nothing to play for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, th- that's actually that was actually way more games. Than was this week, so uh, that we that take one a bit while, but we'll see again who's, who's the king. Where's the glass? You want to separate it from the league and the FA Cup? So, <laughs> so like two. No, no, just leave it all in the one. All in predictions one. are predictions. Yeah. Okay, uh, right. That's everything. We went over uh, what's what's coming back with the Irish football, the Irish football league, Champions League, Europa League coming back as well. Uh, Arsenal, whatever's going on there. Uh, Pogba's back, and then Roy Keane. Breaking the internet, uh, the ins and outs of everything as well, like and then uh, our predictions as well. I think we covered everything, uh, lads. Paul, anything else to say? Because we are coming back next week. Hopefully, you are too. Yeah, it should be. Um, no, nothing much to say. Obviously, it's great having football back, and we've a match nearly every day. Um, I think even some some days we've got two games, maybe three. So it's just great to have it back. I just. It's something to look forward to. You guys should just chill out on the couch. Yeah. Get a takeaway or whatever. That's this podcast should be sponsored by like mm. just eat or something like that. Um give away little <laughs> vouchers or whatever. Um but you just sit there, have your takeaway, watch the watch the football and it's just great. Like um and you can you can even get your friends around and watch a match together, which you weren't able to do in isolation and mm. everything like that. So it's just it's just great to have it back. I can't stress it enough. It's, I think it's just great for everybody's mood, whether you're winning or you're losing, it's just great to have it back. 
Yeah, I hundred percent agree. The people that tune into this show are just like the the football is great, and then like this one. Obviously, I actually have the thumbnail already done, saying uh, Roy Keane is box office. So uh, I say this one could do all right. Uh, Ross, what do you think, man? It's it's always good crack talking about football, isn't it? Especially the way you keep it safe for a week. You know what I mean? And then yeah, you get uh, to I do like it. I love having Paul on the show as well. I think it adds uh, an added touch. Uh, it probably keeps us in check on uh, going on a two-hour Man United tangent. Yeah, uh, it's going to be going uh, it's, it's going to narrow tangent to Everton. <laughs> yeah, which I don't mind, but no, <laughs> no I, really, I, I really, really do enjoy it. And uh, anyone who's still with us at this stage of the video, we must be over an hour into it, I'd say, at this stage. Uh, I hope you do uh, like and subscribe and leave us a comment to make sure to get over to Paul's channel, Irish Football Fan TV. And do the same. He's producing some fantastic content out there. So, you know, you have to support each other and grow together. Yeah, you know what I mean? We're, to be honest, lads, we're three hardworking lads and uh, we're all doing it because we love it as well. So that's cool, crack. So everyone tuning in, thanks a million. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe because uh, we're nearly on a 1,000 on YouTube. And we're nearly on 500 on Spotify. So uh, thanks a million for tuning in, guys. I'll, I'll pull Paul's video at the very, very end of this as well. So if you want to check out how Paul started out Irish Football Fan TV, you can definitely do that. Uh, what well, I would have put at the end of this either Stephanie Roach Gian Balagay or Matt Holland uh, Paul you pick Matt okay perfect okay so make sure to like share subscribe and as always stay energized stay energized